This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. And as you know, ladies and gentlemen, we are reviewing industrial society and its future. Well, we are in the future now, ladies and gentlemen, which is the present because this was written 28 years ago in 1995. Let's move on to the next section. This is technology is a more powerful social force than the aspiration for freedom. And I want you to keep in mind while you're sitting here, as some of you have called this the masterclass on technocracy and transhumanism, it is ever evolving, ladies and gentlemen. I'm learning more every day as you are, I hope. But keep in mind here, because a lot of us talk about freedom and liberty, I've started bringing that into the show. You know, freedom, liberty, and human autonomy, I bring that up quite a bit, and that's what they're trying to take away from you. So as it says again, technology is more powerful social force than the aspiration for freedom. Very important. Paragraph 125, it is not possible to make a lasting compromise between technology and freedom because technology is by, uh, is by far the more powerful social force and continually encroaches on freedom through repeated compromises. Repeated compromises. We continue to compromise with technology. What did I tell you? Where do you draw the line each of us has a different line but guess what we keep stepping over the line well i know the amazon ring cameras are being fed up into the cloud and they're being used to build facial recognition on my kids on me on my neighbors i know the technocrats are constantly running artificial intelligence algorithms off of them i know they're helping build the prison planet around me but but it's more important for me to be able to check my driveway when I'm off at work or out at the grocery store from the comfort of my iPhone. So what happens? We compromise. We continue to help them build the prison planet so that we can check our driveway while we're at work. See, we continually compromise with technology. Goes on to say, imagine the case of two neighbors, each of whom at the outset owns the same amount of land, but one of whom is more powerful than the other. The powerful one demands a piece of the other's land. The weak one refuses. The powerful one says, okay, let's compromise. Give me half of what I asked for. The weak one has little choice but to give in. Sometime later, the powerful neighbor demands another piece of land. Again, there is a compromise, and so forth. By forcing a long series of compromises on the weaker man, the powerful one eventually gets all of his land. So it goes in the conflict between technology 
and freedom. Just think about the compromises we made when it came to the Patriot Act following 9-11. We, the government, we, the system, we, the technate, are going to protect you from these Muslim extremist terrorists. All you need to do is let us constantly spy on you. And so the more powerful man, the government, the state, the technate, they force that upon you, you give in, and boom, the next thing you know, you are being spied on constantly, and the technological system grows even more. Same thing, folks. Paragraph 126, let us explain why technology is a more powerful social force than the aspiration for freedom. Paragraph 127. A technological advance that appears not to threaten freedom often turns out to threaten it very seriously later on. For example, consider motorized transport. A walking man formerly could go where he pleased, go at his own pace without observing any traffic regulations, and was independent of technological support systems. When motor vehicles were introduced, they appeared to increase man's freedom. They took no freedom away from the walking man. No one had to have an automobile if he didn't want one. And anyone who did choose to buy an automobile could travel much faster and farther than a walking man. You see the setup here? This is not a joke, folks. But the introduction of motorized transport soon changed society in such a way as to restrict greatly man's freedom of locomotion. When automobiles became numerous, it became necessary to regulate their use extensively. In a car, especially in densely populated areas, one cannot just go where one likes at one's own pace. One's movement is governed by the flow of traffic and by various traffic laws. One is tied down by various obligations, license requirements, driver's test, renewing registration, insurance, maintenance required for safety, monthly payments on purchase price. You see that? In some places, there's even taxes, right? Property taxes on the motor vehicle. Goes on to say, moreover, the use of motorized transport is no longer optional. Since the introduction of motorized transport, the arrangement of our cities has changed in such a way that the majority of people no longer live within walking distance of their place of employment, shopping areas, and recreational opportunities so that they have to depend on the automobile for transportation. Now, let me pause there. Because again, this is how smart the system is. It's just like I told you that they're going to engineer you towards the DNA shots, you know, telling you that they're good for you, they're good for your baby, we're going to get rid of their diabetes, or they're going to engineer folks into universal basic income. Uh, They are going to engineer folks into this idea. What was truly once freedom you know, being able to walk around your rural county, they're going to sell as the idea of the 15-minute smart city, which is just a free-range prison. That's what it is. So they're going to say, it is your right. This is already happening. The literature is already published. The debates are already starting. It is your right as a human to be able to walk to certain places to access the grocery store, to go to work, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to remember that 15-minute city, that quadrant, that smart city, is completely monitored and you're actually controlled within that. 
You don't have the freedom as you did 200 years ago living in a rural farm community or ranch community. No, you are being tracked at all times. Everything is being monitored. So they're going to sell you back on this idea of freedom when in fact it is not freedom at all. It goes on to say, or else they must use public transportation, in which case they have even less control over their own movement than when driving a car. Even the walker's freedom is now greatly restricted. In the city, he continually has to stop to wait for traffic lights that are designated mainly to serve auto traffic. In the country, motor traffic makes it dangerous and unpleasant to walk along the highway. Note, this important point that we have just illustrated with the case of motorized transport. When a new item of technology is introduced as an option that an individual can accept or not as he chooses, it does not necessarily remain optional. In many cases, the new technology changes society in such a way that people eventually find themselves forced to use it. And what is that, ladies and gentlemen? You've learned it here. And I brought it up earlier on the show. That is the science of social engineering. That is technocracy. This is how they engineer people into the system over time. This is what Wide Awake Jim is talking about with central bank digital currency, that they will introduce it as an option. And that option will then grow. And once that option is now being used for over 20, 40, 50% of transactions, or the system can make people believe that it's being used for over 20, 30, 40, 50% of transactions, then the system can then say CBDC is now legal tender. And then eventually say, we're getting rid of printed currency, we're getting rid of minted coins, uh, that we're only moving to central bank digital currency. So this is the slow walk, it's the slow boil, and this is how they socially engineer this author pegged it back here 28 years ago paragraph 128 while technological progress as a whole continually narrows our sphere of freedom each new technical advance considered by itself appears to be desirable electricity indoor plumbing rapid long distance communications how could one argue against any of these things or against any other of the innumerable tech uh technical advances that have made modern society again this is like uh saying that that you hate people that are paralyzed because you don't agree with elon musk neuralink brain chip helping cure their paralysis it's the same thing here if you tried to make a case against electricity, you'd be considered crazy and say that you uh, want people to live in a house with a fire hazard because they're reading books by candlelight. Goes on to say, it would have been absurd to resist the introduction of the telephone, for example. It offered many advantages and no disadvantages. Yet, as we explained in paragraphs 59 to 76, all of these technical advances taken together have created a world in which the average man's fate is no longer in his own hands or in the hands of his neighbors and friends, but in those of politicians corporation executives and remote anonymous technicians and bureaucrats whom he has an individual has no power to influence the same process will continue in the future take genetic engineering for example few people will resist the introduction of a genetic technique that eliminates a hereditary disease there you go this is like in vitro it does not it does no apparent harm and prevents much suffering 
Yet a large number of genetic improvements taken together will make the human being into an engineered product rather than a free creation of chance or of God or whatever, depending on your religious beliefs. I mean, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. It's a hard pill to swallow, folks. And these aren't my words, but I agree with this stuff. This, this I adopt as the gold pill. Very difficult to swallow because it forces you to look in the mirror and start to question all of these things. I have done this. I've gone through this process already. This, to me, is the true awakening. Uh, this is the true red pill. This is actually unplugging because you're questioning the very system that you're living within. You're questioning the decisions that you made. You start to look at uh, how you were engineered, how you were programmed into this system, and that you still operate your thinking within the system. You're not actually thinking outside the box. So when the whole red pill stuff came about, under MAGA, under Trump, and people were saying they're being red-pilled because all of a sudden they see corruption. But you're not really being red-pilled. You haven't actually unplugged from the matrix. Unplugging from the matrix, you will start to actually question everything around you. Everything around you. And you'll start to say, wait, am I still making decisions based on wanting to live within the system? See, even I'm guilty of this. Many times I go, I just need a little more money so I can do this, or I just need a little more money so I can do that. My decisions slowly are being made to make the money that I'm going to need to actually exit the system. That's where my awakening is. That's me unplugging from the matrix. I'm actually trying to get the money needed to get the land to withdraw from the system because in certain aspects, I have to operate in the system. Right? I can't go uh, ride up on a horse and slaughter a family and take their land like this is three, four hundred years ago, right? I can't just go squat on a piece of land in a federal forest, claim it as mine, and start building a log cabin there. I need the money that I'm going to get out of this system to be able to get the piece of land to then build this homestead. And I don't want to owe the bank money. I want it disconnected from the system as much as possible. We'll cover a lot of this in future episodes, but I'm starting to force myself to make decisions within the system to get out of the system and stop trying to make decisions to just make my life better within the system. I don't want to be in the system. I want to be 80% outside of it. And then who knows? Uh, once I make a decision, you know, depending on what happens with Willie G and what he decides, you know, we may exit the system. Now, you're always going to be governed by federal laws, state laws, county laws, local laws, if you decide to live in an HOA, which I would not do if I were you. So you're going to be subjected to the laws and regulations and policies of those systems. But you can be like the Amish living inside of a community that is pretty much cut off from the system as much as humanly possible, right? There's nowhere free around the earth. You're always going to be subjected to some government uh, and you're not going to start a war with the government because if you do that, you're going to lose. But you can free yourself um, from a lot of it. And you have to start thinking this way. You have to start changing the way you think. 
and it's going to be uncomfortable. So you're going to have to get comfortable being uncomfortable if you are serious about this. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. I am very serious about the fact that I have to take a break. I'm running long. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back from the break. My name is Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. I know, folks, it's becoming quite uncomfortable. But stick with me, I promise. We're going to get somewhere with all of this, ladies and gentlemen. I think uh, as far as combining our research, you know, the history of technocracy and transhumanism, where we are in the present, where we're going in the future with this system, along with some of the spiritual questions we're starting to bring into this, some of the uh, ideology, and now getting into the philosophy of this. I think we're going places that others have not gone before. And I'm getting to be very excited about this because although it is uncomfortable, it feels like we're marching through uh, 10 feet of, of mud here, we're going to get somewhere on the other side because we're going to help you start to figure out exactly you know, where you're trying to go, what your goals are, how you're going to achieve them. This is really what I'm focused on. So I'm sharing my journey with you folks. Let's continue here with Industrial Society and its future. It's getting more and more interesting. Eventually, I'm going to put out sort of an audio book of this where I just read it straight through. And then I'm contemplating actually doing like a long, long video where I do a straight analysis of this whole thing. I don't chop it up. I don't bring anything else into it. I just do this straight through. It'd take me like 24 hours straight. So I'd have to work that out with the wife, but I'd love to do it. All right, let's look. Paragraph 129. Another reason why technology is such a powerful social force is that within the context of a given society, technological progress marches in only one direction. It can never be reversed. Only a technical innovation has been introduced. People usually become independent on it. I mean, sorry, become dependent on it so that they can never again do without it unless it is replaced by some still more advanced innovation. Think of it from the standpoint of the phone, the smartphone. Right, so now we've had, what, the iPhone for, I don't know, what's it, what's it been, almost uh, 20 years? So people are dependent on the smartphone. Well, the only way the smartphone goes away, right, which is us connected to the internet constantly, the only way that that is gone is if it is replaced by augmented reality glasses or by a brain chip implant or some sort of an implant that connects you up to the internet and allows you to interact with it. It doesn't actually go away. It goes on to say, not only do people become dependent as individuals on a new item of technology, but even more, the system as a whole becomes dependent on it. And think about that, right? So the system depends on you carrying your smartphone around. That's how you interact with the system of technocracy. That's how they track you. That's how they manipulate you. That's how they propagandize you. 
That's how they uh, keep control of your money. That's how they keep tabs on you. That's how they keep a copy of your digital footprint profile. Let's go on. Imagine what would happen to the system today if computers, for example, were eliminated. Thus, the system can move in only one direction towards greater technicalization. Technology repeatedly forces freedom to take a step back, but technology can never take a step back, short of the overthrow of the whole technological system. Now, I will make a point here, because I've thought this through, all right, and I will share my personal beliefs. This is not a black pill moment. This is just a reality check. Um, The author is correct. All right, technology itself within the system, I'm talking about the overall system, not talking about you withdrawing from the system. To me, the solution is you withdrawing from the system, right? But technology in of itself, within the technique, within the technocracy, it cannot uh, and it will not shrink. The footprint will not shrink. It will not be reined in. It will not be reformed. There will not be politicians that save you from this. There will not be uh, companies that pull this back. The state is not going to pull this back. The technology will continue to grow. And either one of two things are going to happen. Uh, Either people, individuals, you and me, are going to withdraw from the system. Now, the system may continue to grow because it'll only be a very small minority of us who withdraw from the system, but there will be pockets of people that eventually come together and form territories, communes, whatever, who have decided to form these Amish or half-Amish style communities that have withdrawn from the system. And then the system will either just keep operating and allow those folks to remain autonomous and separate from the system, or the system will go to war with those people. That I don't know. Uh, I'm not a big believer that there's going to be militaries or SWAT teams to come in and take out these these encampments, let's call them. I mean, we saw it with with David Koresh and Ruby Ridge and such, but I I don't necessarily believe at this point they want um, that... They, they want to corral everyone into the system, and I don't know if making an example out of people like going in with a military into the Amish community right now is going to work. It worked 30 years ago, 40 years ago. I don't know if it would work today. So either people as individuals will withdraw from the system and then start forming communities that withdraw from the system, and the system will then have to go to war with those people or leave them alone, or the system will eventually collapse on itself. So as the majority of people rely so heavily on the technological system, either the people are going to become so incompetent, the scientists, the engineers, others, all these people that we've seen, in running the system and keeping the system operating, that the system will start to erode and collapse, right? Can it all be driven and run by AI and algorithms? Maybe. I don't think they're there yet. And then everyone inside is just uh, an idiocracy, you know, moron running around drooling on themselves. And the system keeps it operated. The robots and the AI keep the people alive, right? I don't see that happening. So the system could collapse because of the dumbing down and incompetence of society not being able to actually run the system, the prison that they live in, that they don't even know that they are actually helping run. 
or there's some sort of a natural event and occurrence, I don't know, call it divine intervention, where there's a solar flare that takes out the satellites and the power grids, uh, the internet, and it basically sets people, uh, humanity, the planet, back to primitive days and all the people that are a hundred percent reliant on the system even 50 percent or more will end up dying because they can't operate without the internet without their refrigerator uh without their car they just won't be able to do it so those people will die and basically the whole planet or different parts of the planet will reset uh because of some sort of natural occurrence or divine intervention you know or throw in the third one along those lines take uh the the christian folks or whatever even elements of judaism even elements of islam that there's going to be some sort of end times uh where all the good people are going to get you know sucked up into heaven and i mean if you believe that i'm just saying that's a third possibility right the, the religious part of it um so that's really the only three ways i'm going myself because i'm not waiting to be raptured uh whether i believe that or don't believe that or believe parts of it i'm not waiting i believe it's my duty to actually carve out uh future uh for my wife and me and for our child and to get them ready to take on the world and to survive in it and then not just survive but thrive in it no matter what system they end up living in if they choose to live under the technocracy or they choose to go live in nature that willie g is able to go survive and thrive in whichever direction he goes that's my duty as his parent so i'm going with number one right i'm going with number one and even some of the pastors i've been talking to uh off the record who are going to come on the show they have said to me they do believe in the rapture but no one can predict when that is that could be a hundred years from now it could be five years from now it could be a thousand years from now so people need to be responsible be independent be self-reliant they need to make things happen, not wait for God to come and save them, right? So I'm going with one, which is withdrawing from the system on my own. If the system comes and attacks me, then I'll deal with that when the time comes. But I think you can do this, which is start to withdraw from the system. All right, let's read this. Paragraph 130. Technology advances with great uh, rapidity and threatens freedom at many different points at the same time crowding rules and regulations increasing dependence of individuals on large organizations propaganda and other psychological techniques genetic engineering invasion of privacy through surveillance devices and computers etc to hold back any one of the threats of freedom would require a long and difficult social struggle those who want to protect freedom are overwhelmed by the sheer number of new attacks and the rapidity with which they develop hence they become apathetic and no longer resist to fight each of the threats separately would be futile success can be hoped for only by fighting the technological system as a whole but that is revolution not reform now I agree with the author on this, that the system can't be reformed, and you can't run around trying to put out all these fires, so the entire system needs to be attacked. Now, myself personally, all right, I don't think it's time to go do uh, militant things. I don't think it will do you any good, because I think the vast majority of people, the vast majority, I'm talking 99.9%, have no idea 
about what we're talking about here. They might feel something is wrong. They might be upset that their kid gets access to the internet and looks at hardcore porn, but they're not willing to take the internet and electricity and stuff out of their home, right? So if you go and attack the system in some sort of crazy way, let's say you had the ability to do it, right? So let's say you went and you wanted to blow up a power grid or look at the guy a couple years ago when I was living in Nashville on Christmas Eve, I think it was, who tried to blow up the AT&T building and he took out the uh, internet grid for a couple of days. I mean, that guy generally is looked at as crazy by the majority of people. One, the system can attack him through propaganda and mass media. And number two, basically, he interfered with people's ability to access the Internet. I lived in Nashville. I couldn't get on the Internet at home for, I think, five days. I couldn't use my cell phone for five days. I had to drive around town and find, like, hotspots that were operational on the Verizon network and try to hack into those to be able to make calls to people around the country and tell them I was okay. So... He looks at, he's looked at as an enemy of the system. Now, I've said before on the show, the system itself is a paper tiger because it does operate on technology. So if the people ever wanted to turn against the system, you know, they could take out internet grids and, and, and power grids and such. But that's not going to happen and you're going to be a kook and then the system is going to come and kill you and lock you up or whatever it is that they're going to do. Plus, the majority of people will not like you anyway. You're not going to be looked at as some martyr, some, some savior, some prophet. Okay, and you'll see that because we're going to get into who this author was. All right, and so when you see who the author is soon, you're going to say to yourself, no wonder why no one took this paper seriously, although he is on point. It's because he had to do things to try to get this paper published, if, if we want to believe the official narrative, that made him into a kook, so therefore it discounted his entire message. So my thing is, why are we trying to go out there? Uh, why do folks have this idea that they are trying to save the world or they're trying to save others from the system. People that don't want to be saved. On this show, I'm not trying to save the world. I'm interested in exploring these topics to further educate myself, and I figure I will share this information with other folks who are interested in trying to understand the matrix that we live in. And if there's other folks that are interested in trying to step outside the matrix as as much as possible, and I'm going to sit here and do the work to figure it out, I might as well share that with folks that are interested in it. In the meantime, maybe you share this show or some of the future content we're going to be putting out on other platforms with folks who you think might be interested in freeing themselves from the system. At the same time, I'm developing this homeschool curriculum for Willie G because I need to explain all this stuff to him. So if I'm going to work through it, read about it, analyze it, talk to guests and such, I might as well document it all. And I, um, I store all this stuff offline so that I'll be able to share all this with him, you know, in the future. I'm actually looking at taking all these podcasts and putting them on a VHS tape uh, or on like a cassette tape and go old school in case at some point, let's say I don't have computers. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? So this is it, folks. This is what I'm talking about here. Um, you're just a small group and it's fine. 
We're not going to change the world. Don't beat yourself over the head trying to wake up folks or thinking that you're going to destroy this whole system or getting worried about even laws and policies and regulations coming out of Washington, D.C. They mean nothing in the scope of this. I hope that this paper is showing you and helping you realize how big this is. And it's not your duty to save everyone. Save yourself. Save your family. Free yourself and your family from the technology, from the system as much as possible. Uh, I'm already starting to, as I mentioned. As we get this land, I'll share this with you. And hopefully we'll build a uh, free yourself from the technocracy dummies guide. You know, do it yourself. Free yourself from technocracy. This is what we're talking about here, folks. This is all about my original theme, living one foot in and one foot out of the matrix. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to step both feet out of the matrix until tomorrow, episode 135, Wide Awake Jim comes by. As always, please leave us a five-star review and a comment at Apple Podcasts because that's what helps us grow inside of the system think about making a donation if you can donorbox.org slash dustin gold show and also think about joining pain.tv slash gold for less than nine dollars a month and get access to the ad-free video version of this podcast and a bunch of other great stuff ladies and gentlemen i'll see you tomorrow my name is dustin gold with the dustin gold standards right here on pain.tv slash gold the matrix is a computer generated dream world Built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.